You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message, recorded live from our Brighton campus. So um, this morning, I thought I would share uh, the title of my message is called Reserved. And uh, uh, I'll get into that a little bit more. You'll understand why uh, it's titled that. But, you know, um, in September 1998... um, I had been a Christian for three months, and uh, I got into a, a nine-month discipleship program. And uh, this program was was really designed for those that were maybe a little bit m- more mature in their faith. Uh, but I had a few connections, and I really believe the Lord had His hand on my life, and uh, and so. I was welcome to be a part of this nine-month discipleship program, again, as, as I was only a Christian for, for three months. And um, kind of like the first day, there was this, this word given to, the, to 18 of us for the year. And uh, the word was from, from the scriptures, and it was 1 Corinthians 2.9. And, um, and this word was given by one of the, uh, actually a younger girl that was in the church, and uh, and she really believed that it was a word that was for our class for that year. And so 1 Corinthians 2.9 reads this, and, and I'm certain every single one of us here have heard, the, heard of this scripture before. It's, uh, as it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. And I remember hearing that for this very first time. Remember, I'm three months old as a, as a Christian. And I remember hearing that. And I remember uh, just feeling so inspired. I just felt like there was absolutely nothing that could get in the way of what God had for me. It was just this word that essentially was just like, there is just so much fullness in this word and and the experiences and the journey that and the adventure that I get to now be a part of especially hearing that word was just like this is this is incredible and then on top of all that it was like I'm I'm going to get to encounter God like I've never encountered him before and again I think sometimes we hear certain scriptures over and over and over again. And, and we can sometimes get to a place in our lives where it's like, yeah, I kind of heard that. And you just sort of take it or leave it. Um, but this is one of those scriptures that has really, um, I think, just stayed in my heart over the years because I just, I just, I guess maybe it was one of the first scriptures that was ever sort of spoken over me, but also because there's just so much to it. And, um, you know, I, I think what's really important with this passage of scripture is that this is not something to be read as later in the future that we will experience this, but it's a scripture that's to be, to be interpreted in such a way that this is a today word. This is a now word that this is a word that we're to walk in, in this moment right now, today. Some people do read it like this is something future tense or, or in the future. But right now, this is a word, this is a word for us today. And, um, and again, one day we will, um, you know, live in this future state where, where it's going to be beyond what we could ever imagine. 
we will live in that place. We will live in this place where, where we will experience in full God's goodness, God's glory. We will experience those things one day. But this scripture is saying, don't wait till that day, but begin to live heaven on earth right now. That's what this scripture is saying to us in this moment. And, you know, I think sometimes we, you know, it's, it's a, it's a time where there, there was this one saying that I heard a, a long time ago. It was from a, an old revivalist that, that would say, um, right now we're in a dressing room for eternity and uh, sort of prepare now for eternity. But I also, I believe what's really important even in that is that we, that we just bring again, heaven to earth right now. And, uh, and, and so we don't want, we don't want to be living in this time where right now is lame and, and boring. And, uh, and, and I think it's important that we don't wish this time away. Sometimes I think we, we go, I just can't wait to get to heaven. And we sort of wish away the years that we're living right now. But, but ultimately God wants us to make these years count. He wants these years to be beyond our comprehension. And that's why in this particular passage, this is what we're hearing. It's, it's, it's not that it's not something for the future, but it's something that we are to live in right now, that we will experience this whole idea of no eye has seen, no ears heard, no mind conceived what the Lord has for him. And so he wants us to live in these moments that take our breath away. That's what he desires for us. And there was uh, a quote that I picked up a number of years ago, and some quotes are really wonderful, some are really corny. This is a little bit on the corny side, but it's it was, life is not about how many breaths you take, but about the moments that take your breath away. And, uh, and, and I mean, at the end of the day, I really do believe that quote. And I think it's, a, I think it's a great quote because I do truly desire to live, uh, not just breathing and just, you know, existing, but actually thriving in what God has for me. Um, a few years back, well, it would have been a, a number of years ago. I was, uh, a new dad. And Kyla and I were at a swimming pool with our daughter, Eden. And so at the time, she was certainly less than six months old, five months old. And, uh, and I don't know if you know this, but they suggest that if you want to dunk your kid under the water at a really young age, what's a good idea is you blow in their face, face and then once you blow in their face, they, they'll take a deep breath, like, oh. then at that moment, you dunk them, and then you lift them back up. So they, they're holding their breath while you dunk them under the water. Well, I didn't know that system. And so I just thought, Eden needs to get used to the water. This is why, yeah, I won't go there. Um, Eden needs to get used to the water. And so we just need to dunk her and see what happens. Kyla wasn't present. She was there, but she was maybe had her back turned or something. So maybe not the, uh, it was just one of those moments. And so I took Eden and instead of blowing on her face, so she'd taken this deep breath, I just decided to dunk her. And she didn't, she's with us today. So she is alive and living and everything is wonderful. But it was that moment that I should have, I should have made it so that she, uh, so that her breath was taken away and then dunked her, but instead I did it the opposite. And it, um, 
I don't think it really frightened her too badly because she's now a really great swimmer and loves the water. But it was one of those moments where it was definitely a parent failure. You know, I failed as a parent. Anyhow, um, but we want these moments that take our breath away. And uh, I'm not suggesting that we almost kill our kid or somebody, somebody else. Um, but are we living in a place where we're experiencing breathtaking moments? That's sort of my question. And because I really believe this is what God desires for us. He wants us to live in breathtaking moments. And um, perhaps that analogy doesn't work with you. Maybe the, the, how I said, it's a kind of a corny, you know, the moments that break your, te- break, take your breath away. Perhaps you're like, yeah, I don't really like that. The bottom line is that are we embracing the reality that God has prepared in advance for us to live in? Are we embracing that? Are we seeing that scripture is no eyes seen, no ears heard, no mind conceived what the Lord has for those who love him? Are we, are we embracing that for our lives today? Are we recognizing that that is a now word for us? And, um, and so this word prepared, what God has prepared for those who love him means held in reserve. So it's, Held in reserve. So God is, God has moved in people's lives in the past and he's going to move in people's lives in the future. But the bonus is that he has something reserved for you right now. There is, there is in a sense a piece of the pie for you as well. Sometimes I think people think, well, you know, this isn't going to happen for me or I'm too old or I'm not old enough or I'm, not this or I'm not that. And the reality is that God has space for you. He has, he has this reserved spot specifically for you. That's how big our God is. And, and you know, in, in this, it's not about me hyping us up or, or necessarily speaking this positive word over our lives, but this is about understanding your position in Christ. This is your position that he has a reserved spot specifically for you. You don't have to wish it to happen. You don't have to hope that it's going to happen. He has a reserved spot and this plan and this purpose for us right now, today. And so this is, it's more than being positive. It's about walking in and knowing your position in him. It's about us saying, yeah, I'm a child of God and I know that this is what God has for me. And uh, in this verse, as it says, for those uh, prepared in advance for those that love him, that is the prerequisite. That's it. It's like, we don't have to jump through hoops. We don't have to, as I said already, wish something to happen. We don't have to, you know, hope it's going to happen. It's like, yes, all of those things are, are maybe, or maybe good, but we don't, we don't need to, you know, do anything really out of the ordinary, all we have to do is just love him. That's the prerequisite for living in this this space where he has this reserved spot for you. Um, so how do we know if if we really love God, right? And uh, And I really believe it's, again, very, very simple. It's that we've embraced his ways and not the ways of the world. This doesn't mean we're perfect. It doesn't mean we don't make mistakes. It doesn't mean we don't mess up sometimes. But it just means that we've decided that we are going to live his ways. 
and not the ways of the world. And in John 14, 23, it says, if anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. And I think at the end of the day, it's like, is your heart's desire to obey his teaching? I think that's always the big, the big test for us. Is that, is that what really makes our hearts beat? Is that we would obey his teachings. That's how we know that we love him. Um, we no longer want to feed our fleshly desires, but we want to feed our spirit man. And we want this because we are followers of, of him and his spirit is alive within us. That's why we want what he has for us. And as I mentioned um, a few moments ago, only being a Christian for, for two months, um, when I when I heard this, again, for those who love him, I just thought, all, all I have to do is respond to this love. That's all I have to do. Um, and, and because of that, it was like, I can do this. I can respond to his love. I can, I can choose to walk in his, in his teachings. Um, I, and then in some ways I was like, and I'm doing this. It's like, I'm actually qualified right now because I, I have made this decision to follow him. Therefore, I can walk in this space that he has for me. And so it was like, I, I, uh, this, this includes me. This, this scripture is for me for right now, right where I'm at. And, uh, and I think for me, it was like, again, whether you've been a Christian for a month or two months, or you're just exploring your faith, or you've been serving the Lord for years and years and years, this scripture is, is for you. It's for now. And so, because of his love for me and his spirit alive in me, anything is possible. And again, I think we, we, we hear that sort of talk often in a church. But I really believe when we, we either believe that or we don't believe that. We either believe that no eyes see, no ears heard, no mind conceived, right? What the Lord has prepared for those that love him. We either believe that or we don't believe that. We either walk in that or we don't walk in that. And again, I think this whole idea of, of prepared is this held in reserve it's like god waited he knew your appointed time on this earth and was like i have a spot reserved specifically for you i have stuff going on for others in the past and in the future and even now but i also have something specific for you and and maybe it's not one thing it might might be many things throughout our day i don't want to bring it just down to one thing in life god has and you got to try and figure that out no, there's a lot of things, but he has that spot reserved for you. So as we as we carry on, I just thought I'd break down briefly just some of these thoughts of no eye has seen. And uh, so no no eye has seen. It's easy to, to look at life, our world, maybe our situations, and uh, and conclude that that things sometimes aren't looking that good. Right? There's there's a lot of stuff that's going on in our world. You just turn on the news and you see, yeah, there's some significant challenges going in, going on in our world. And, uh, and so it's easy to, to look at it that way. But God calls us to not look through our physical lens. He's not calling us to do that, but he's saying, look through our spirit man. I really believe that that is so important when it comes to this passage, that we're not listening with our natural ears that we're not listening or looking through our natural eye gate that we're not that we're that we're not in a sense um looking through i guess 
seeing things or I guess imagining things with our natural mind, but we are we are embracing all of this stuff through our spirit man. And uh and and you know, we do this because our spirit man is in tune with the Spirit of God. That's why we don't want to be looking through our, our natural senses, but we want to be embracing the Spirit of God in us so that we are complete, because that is what is in completely in tune with the Spirit of God, right? And so, you know, I really believe that, that God is not angry. You know, sometimes people just think God's just so furious with the world, but I really don't believe that. I, re- I don't believe God's angry. I don't believe that God just wants to, in a sense, write the world off and just say, ah, forget it. I really believe that, that we are in the greatest time to make a difference in this world. Yes, there's a lot of really crazy, horrible things that are taking place, but this gives us as believers a greater opportunity to shine the light for Christ. This you know, it, it won't necessarily be easy, but it gives us such a great opportunity to to shine our light, to be that example in other people's lives, but also for God to work in your life. Because sometimes it is about us going and giving and serving and loving, but sometimes it's simply about going, God, I need something for me right now. And so God has, um, God wants to do those things in other people's lives and in our lives. And, and, and this is what I believe about God is that God is about calling things as they are and, uh, as they are and can be or, and will be, but not as they are. So God is about calling things as they can and will be, not as they are. He, he doesn't see the, you know, he may see us in this mess, but he sees you as well out of that mess. He sees what can happen in your life and in other people's lives and in, and in, you know, in Brighton and, and the surrounding areas. I mean, when you think of Lazarus, he, um, you know, everyone concluded that he was dead. He was in the grave for four days. Everybody concluded that he was, he was done, right? And, you know, to be honest, if I didn't have the latter part of those scriptures, I would also conclude that somebody is dead after four days and they've been put in the tomb. But God had something different planned, right? He had a completely different purpose and uh, and he made sure that that purpose took place. And so again, he didn't see things as they were like everybody else did, but he sees, he saw them how they, how it could be. And um, I remember when I was back in Sylvan Lake, uh, so, you know, over five years ago now, pretty much, when Kyle and I first started out in uh, a youth ministry position in the church there, and, and we had been doing some other things, and through a series of events, we walked into a position that was, um, there was basically three youth left. So it was like uh, not an easy situation to kind of go, okay, we got we to gotta do something here. And uh, I'm very fortunate that I had Kyla to kind of continue to encourage me, to continue to sort of uh, just, um, yeah, keep me focused on what could be instead of focusing on what it looked like. And, um, and, and at the end of the day, again, I really believe because of Kyla and also because of just what God was doing, we went from three youth at the beginning to an, a, 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 for sure an average of 30 to 35 youth. And now... This isn't a moment to say, okay, well, yeah, that, those numbers are amazing. Though I think numbers matter to God because then that means, 
more people are hearing about his love and his goodness. But the point was, is that it was easy to look at the situation as sort of a dead end. Oh, let's just close the doors and move on. It was, it was easy to do that. It was harder to see how things could be in somebody's life or see how the youth ministry could potentially be at some point. And so in our own lives, it's like we can see with our physical eyes and go, this situation looks really challenging. Or we can go with our spiritual eyes and go, but this is what God sees and begin to believe for things in that way. And so my question for us is, what are you believing for in your life? What do you want to see happen? What are the things that God is putting in, putting on your heart? See, God sees beauty coming from our lives. That's what he sees. He sees beautiful things coming from our lives. And, and I believe that God sees beautiful things coming uh, out of, out of this church as we as we come together and begin to see things as God sees things, I really believe that we will be able to see amazing things coming through this church um, again. And we have, of course, seen it in the past, and we've even seen it in the last year and a half. But I really believe that God has, again, this great um, purpose for us in this season. We have to believe that. We have to trust that he has this plan and this purpose for us. So the next, next thought is no ear is heard. So I don't know if you guys remember um, as a kid playing games where maybe you'd be in a line or a circle or whatever it might be, and one kid would say something, uh, some sort of sentence, and then at the end of that, at the end of the very end of the line, you'd see if if it was the same wording that was started off with, right? I mean, and I couldn't really come up with anything other than I started with the pink elephant is peeking his trunk around the corner. So that doesn't really make any sense at all, but I just thought that would work. Um, and at the end, you could say maybe it came out as the truck in the parking lot has a pink elephant driving it. I mean, that's sort of what happens, right? It's like as it goes down the line, there's often like misinterpretation of what was said or somebody forgot something or or whatever it might be. And I we, we've seen different shows now. Kyle and I watch a show um it's a, an American show, Big, The Biggest Loser, and one of their games that they had to do in that particular episode was uh, they had to say something to somebody, and then that person had to run a bunch of obstacles and then go to the very end and plug in these certain numbers, and if he was wrong, he had to run back, and you, they were doing a lot of back and forth because they were certainly forgetting what was being said. And, you know, I think we are bombarded with many messages these days. I mean, that is just the reality that we live in. And so everywhere we turn, we're, we're, we're told to do this and live this way and respond that way and do this and do that. And I just um, really believe that God's challenging us to silence all of those voices because we're constantly being bombarded with messages that, that really don't line up with, with God's word or aren't going to benefit us in any way. And so he wants us to silence those voices. I, I believe it's important to be in the world. I believe it's it's important to be aware of what's happening, being aware of the voices, all of those things. But at the end of the day, we have to decide, are we going to silence those voices in our lives? And Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. And then in verse 27, this is John 10, 14. And then in verse 27, he says, my sheep listen to my voice. And I think when we when we step back about this, no eye is seen, no ear is heard. It's like um, we have to hear what the Lord is saying. 
it's so, so vitally important for our lives. Again, we may hear some of these other voices, but we have to get to a place where we silence those voices and we know his voice and that his voice outweighs all of the other voices. What's cool about this, my sheep listen to my voice, is that, again, this is not for a select few. I've wrestled in my life of, God, am I really hearing from you? Is this what you're saying? Um, why is everybody else experiencing things right now in this kind of atmosphere? And why am I in a, why do I feel like I'm missing it here? Why do I feel like I'm on the outs and, and, and everybody else is just really in the in with, with you? And, and I've wrestled with that stuff. But as I read this scripture again, it's like, as a believer, as a follower of Christ, it's like, I, I'm no longer a select, it's not about a select few will hear his voice, but that each and every one of us have that privilege of hearing his voice, right? All of us have that. And so because God, you know, God has purposes that are reserved for us according to his word, we can expect to know his still small voice in his life. Again, it's this whole, it's, it's, it's not that we don't have to worry about missing out, but he has a spot that is reserved for us. We can expect this as children of, of God. We are not on the outside of what God is doing, but we're journeying with him. And just recently, um, again, as I said a moment ago about wrestling with hearing the voice of the Lord sometimes, um, I had a couple, you know, two, two decisions that I, or two options uh, that were happening at the same time. And uh, nothing too wild and crazy, but just daily stuff where you have to make a decision. And um, and I, I just, I wrestled with it and it was probably over a couple of months. And finally, I just decided, I just, I need to make a decision. And so I made the decision that I felt the Lord was leading me to. And it turned out that that, that decision was the right decision. It turned out that, that me saying no kind of allowed... Um, I wouldn't say allowed another person to to take part in something, but it just made sense for them to be taking part in what I was maybe going to be taking part in. And it was just like, as soon as I made that decision, that first of all, that peace came over me of just, yeah, this was right. But second of all, it was just encouraging again to know that that I made that right decision and and that that God had what I didn't know at the time, all of the other things sort of worked out in the other situation. And so we just have to um, really trust God that that he'll be doing those things in our lives. And um, I just really believe as we grow in love with him, I say grow instead of fall in love. Fall in love is kind of an accident, but growing in love is a very purposeful action that we do of like, I want to grow in love with Jesus. I want to know his voice more and more. And I think as we grow in love with him, we will, we will hear uh, his voice more clearly in our lives, which maybe is a given, but sometimes I think maybe it needs to be said. And so again, as a new, as a, as a church on, on this journey together, we're, we're going to, uh, hear through God and through others. Um, like never before. That's what I really believe. Again, because he has this space that's reserved for us. And again, I think it happens through times like this, but it also happens just through times of, of fellowship with one another and just coming alongside one another and praying with, with one another. So my last thought is this, no mind conceived 
or you could say no mind imagined. You know, I think for Kyla and I, you know, three years ago, if you had told us that we were going to be in England, I mean, we would have thought you're crazy. I mean, we would have just never, you know, never expected that to happen. It was a dream in our heart. It was a desire that we wanted to happen. It, it had been there for, for many, many years. But if you had told us three years, you know, three years ago, we would have never, ever thought that this would happen. And um, I think if I was to, to, to ask Emily about time to talk befriending and, and, and said, hey, do you think that it would be where it's at today? You'd probably think, no way, right? No, it's just like, but again, it's like God's purposes and his plans for our lives are can be so huge and uh and it's it's hard with our natural mind to imagine how you know in some ways kyle and i got here or in some ways how time to talk befriending is doing what it's doing um but but god i think that's that's all you can ever say is but god and it's about just journeying with him and embracing this scripture that no mind no no ears heard no mind conceived no eye is seen, right? It's about embracing that. And again, recognizing that the prerequisite is simply just loving him and responding to that love and just journeying, just saying, God, I want whatever you have for my life. And, um, you know, Psalm 37 says, when we delight ourselves in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. And it's, again, if, if God's put some desires in your, if you have these desires to do something that lines up with God's word, if you love God and love others, and then, and now you have this desire to do something, I'm almost certain that it, it's actually going to be okay to do because your priorities are right. You don't want to be doing some weird, wacky things. You're, you're, you're lined up with God because you want to obey his teachings. You want to, you want to stick to his commandments of loving God and loving others. So if you have that, sort of set up in your life and then you have a desire to do something i can almost guarantee you that that desire has been placed there by god and that you should just move in it somebody said to me uh, once upon a time find a need and meet it and i think at the end of the day that's that's can be how basic it is again if your priorities are right find the need and meet it that works and so um and the other scriptures is uh in philippians you can do all things through Christ. And again, it's like you can't do all things by yourself and you can't actually do all things just with a group of people. But if you have you and Christ or you and a group of people in Christ, you can certainly do it because he's the one that strengthens us and makes it happen. And I just truly believe that God is God is saying expect the unimaginable in our lives. And I don't know if it's going to happen immediately or, or later on, but I really believe he wants us to be in that place where we expect the unimaginable, that we, we expect these breathtaking moments to be taking place in our lives. And I think when I look through the New Testament, I don't necessarily think there was something happening every single day that was just breathtaking. I think the early part of the book of Acts, certainly there was stuff happening like just bang, 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 bang. But I don't necessarily think I don't want to set our 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 expectations where we're just you leave this place and you think, well, something's got to happen every single day. I don't want to, in a sense, set you up for disappointment. I really believe, but at the same time, I want to set you up in such a way that you go, no, God does want to do some unimaginable things through my life, and 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 not necessarily be realistic about it, but 
be in a place where we're just expecting what God wants to be doing, but recognizing that maybe things won't happen every day, but maybe things will happen every day, right? So God is saying, expect the unimaginable. And uh, this is uh, something we've been doing in Job Club, and it's called uh, Setting Mad Goals, and the acronym is MAD. And MAD stands for um, Motivating Achievable and Deadline. And, and that's so that people can kind of make sure they're staying on track. And as I thought about that, it was like with God, it's a bit different. And um, again, this might be a little bit corny, but I was thinking of just an acronym MUD, M-U-D, being mind-blowing, unimaginable, and dumbfounding. I think perhaps if I talked to Emily about Time to Talk Befriending, it would be it's been mind-blowing, it's been unimaginable, and it's dumbfounding sometimes what God is doing, right? And And so it's like... Um, that's what God really wants us to be embracing, this whole idea of, of maybe mud, if you want to take that an, uh, acronym. But anyhow, you know, earlier as I was going through my thoughts and stuff like that, I thought, how do I end with a really inspirational story that just motivates us to go into the world and just do everything that God's called us to do? And I started thinking about, you know, I have a friend that, um, I guess he's, friend slash acquaintance that is that's that's um he has a ministry to help fight human trafficking and uh he's actually gone into some of the brothels uh acting as as like a client and uh and he's done uh, s- some amazing things so far and and I don't know his whole story but I know that that he is doing some pretty incredible things and then I I know some people that some friends that have planted churches in Canada that again there's some really great things taking place through those churches. And I thought about, you know, uh, I know a few people and you guys may know some people that are, that have maybe done like some albums, recorded an album. And that was something that God had called them to do. And, um, we have some, uh, friends recently that, that have adopted, I believe six African children, five African children. Um, they already, they already had four of their own. He's from Africa. She's from Canada. Um, And so, but they were, they heard about a family that was going to be torn apart. And however, however it worked, they were able to, again, adopt five other children. So now they have nine children. Uh, and he's a a pastor, (laughs) which is, uh, so I don't know how they're doing it financially, but anyhow, they're doing that. And then we know another, a couple that, that have been fostering, um, children and, and different things like that. And I'm sure you guys have some stories, but, but as I thought about, trying to come up with something that was really inspirational. It was like, how about we now just go, let's, let's take our lives and let's, let's decide that we're going to embrace this word and go and do what God has called us to do that where we can now, in a sense, write our own story where maybe in, in two weeks or two months or a year or two years, we can come and share and say, this is what's God, which, which, this is what God is doing through my life. This is what God is doing through this individual's lives, it life. And, and I really think that's, that's where God wants us to be at. Instead of sort of like, yes, these other stories encourage us. They, they may motivate us, but there's somebody else's story. And I really believe that God wants to embrace 
this whole concept, this whole, this idea, this scripture of no eye is seen, no ear is heard, no mind conceived, what the Lord has in store for those who love him for ourselves, that we would truly take that and begin to live that out in our own lives. Because ultimately, God has a spot that is reserved for us. He has that purpose for us right now, not sometime in the future, not for your neighbor, you know, not you're not too young. You're not too old. It's not too late. Someone once said to me, God is rarely early, but he's never late. And I really believe that for our lives. I really believe that, that nobody is a write-off, that nobody has missed it, that nobody is, is too late. I really believe that, that this word, no matter where you're at in your life today, it's something that can be applicable for you because because God is always on time. He always makes sure that there is something for us to be doing and he he has that purpose for us. God is rarely early, but he is never late. Why don't we stand this morning? Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church passionately loving God and people in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.